Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at snaps monday through thursday one eastern new central on amp download it and come hang out with us today hey what's going on everybody what's up amp what's up youtube.com slash at volume snaps or if you listen on podcast by googling snaps podcast or you know it's in your feed on spotify apple whatever uh thank you I'm so glad you're here. Uh, I'm going to be solo with you today. T-Bob Bear here. That's right. Yes, I know. You may be thinking, T-Bob, is that the old all coaches, honorable mention, all SEC guy from 2011? That is me. Yes, I know. I know. The shadow looms large. Um, but no Aaron Murray today as Aaron is out. And we were supposed to have Brandon Walker from Anessa Eruptness make him uh, answer. Uh, well, actually, it was going to be a bit of a tit-for-tat, and we still will, so I'm excited to get into this. He thinks LSU is one of the most overrated teams in the country. He's also furious in Aaron Murray for his Will Rogers quarterback ranking, so we will get there eventually. But for today, it's going to be me taking you for about 20, 25 minutes. I think this is probably going to be a bit of a shorter show. Um, we sit here on the eve of week one of college football, Christmas Eve, in so many ways. And it's actually kind of especially exciting, though, on this Wednesday because – Honestly, the Thursday, it's ironic. We have a opening weekend of college football where Saturday's the least exciting day, right? Like I will take Florida, Utah, and Minnesota, Nebraska over pretty much anything Saturday. I mean, UNC South Carolina is the only thing that I'm really pumped for on Saturday. And then Sunday we get obviously the 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 just heavyweight 
Titans match that are uh, LSU and FSU. And we're going to talk LSU-FSU today because I feel like they're kind of um, fascinating cases that you can study in terms of building a team in this modern age, how to take advantage of this modern age. And it's a fascinating matchup just in terms of two fighters that mirror each other in so many different ways and have shown so much growth over the past year. And so we'll talk about that growth, maybe what's going to be different uh, this season. Uh, I want to explore this question of uh, will playoff expansion, right? This is the last year in which we're going to have a four-team playoff. We sit here on the eve of it, and we're pretty excited for week one. When you expand to 12 teams, does that take away from any of the week one hype? Uh, you got Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama all breaking in new quarterbacks this season. I don't know the last time that you had three of the top five that are going to be having new starters and nobody's really batting an eye. So we'll kind of look at, okay, who do you have the most faith in? And then maybe a little college football at the movies. Also, I want to comment on the Brett Yormark, uh, Steve Sarkeesian situation, which I don't think we actually did yet on this show. I don't know how we did it or... I don't know, man. I sometimes I do so much freaking talking about college football that my wires get crossed, and I can't remember where I said one thing or whatever. But we'll, we'll get there for fun at the end of the show. Also, maybe since I got it alone, a dash of Ahsoka talk as well at the end. Uh, but I do want to start in just kind of a general sense. Week one of college football, I'm incredibly excited. I've continued to study Nebraska, Minnesota. I continue to really like Nebraska in this matchup to, tomorrow. In fact. Look at this, Colorado, Nebraska. If you win tomorrow, I think you're looking at a 4-0 start for the Huskers. So a truly golden opportunity here for Matt Rule, Nebraska, to immediately make waves tomorrow. And, you know, I had a pretty interesting conversation with Chris Doreen this morning, Florida's own Chris Doreen, where we we, we talk about how in the offseason, uh, it's almost like a stock market where teams rise and fall and sometimes it's not even attached to any bit of news or sometimes it's a bit of news that's already extract extrapolated on a bit too much right um and so like for instance uh, everybody really 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 high on lsu and then kind of this last week kind of post mason smith news okay you've had um brandon walker come out pff Aaron showed a little bit like you're seeing some of the national guys kind of take a step back. Well, you say, you know, I'm not so sure that we actually believe in this team. Well, Florida recently seems to have been had a bit of the opposite where whether it's like Aaron mentioned on yesterday's show, uh, an old Utah coach coming out and being like, you know, we didn't use Graham Mertz correctly or just people watching this Florida program and, and being like, you know, they're not as bad as you think, or maybe just expectations being too low in general for Florida. I mean, the over under set at five and a half wins for a Florida Gator team. That is ridiculous. That's, that's absurd. Like uh, on, on any given year, Florida should trip and fall into more wins. That So there seems to be a level of hype and expectation rising for Florida. Now, I don't think I buy it. You know, I'm, I'm still riding with Utah here. All the reasons I mentioned yesterday, I think Cam Rising plays. I have no inside info, though. I just cannot fathom that he would not play. And I think this game matters to Utah. You know, I think they want to win a third Pac-12 in a row, but I think Utah's a little pissed so they won the Pac-12 two times in a row and didn't get to go to the playoff. Why don't you get to the playoff? Because you lose games like this to Florida, okay? So I don't buy this idea that, ah, oh, okay, well, they can, they, can, they can sit their quarterback and, you know, sit him for a couple of weeks and get him healthy. Like, no, fuck no. Utah wants to win championships okay and the road winning championship starts thursday night 
against Florida at home where it's going to be sold out. It's going to be insane. It's going to be great. Um, so I still like my Nebraska and Utah picks the more I've ruminated on. It's only to say that there's a little bit of Gator juice coming up. I'm also very excited. I don't know how y'all are going to take in week one, but um, tomorrow night, be drinking margaritas with the boys. Uh, we're going to do a Friday morning snap show, so we'll recap all of the Thursday night action. Uh, Aaron's going to bring you a very star-studded um, Sunday night show, and we'll do a Saturday night show as well. So we got a really big weekend coming up here on Snaps, and I'm just fucking excited to talk about it all. But I'm most excited for LSU Florida State, and it's because it's a literal top 10 matchup of two teams that I believe are legitimately championship relevant. And that's not the only way in which they mirror one another. In fact, the list is kind of astounding, right? Um, both have Heisman candidate quarterbacks. Both have top 10 wide receiver rooms in the entire country. Both have top 10 offensive lines in the entire country. Uh, both have top 10 defensive lines in the entire country. Like it's kind of crazy. You go top to bottom and you just see a lot of good on good, but maybe this is where the biggest weakness lies for LSU. And that would be in the secondary in that. Sure. There's always a possibility that somebody in the LSU secondary could step up, but the, the, the Florida state receivers that we've talked about so much, the trio of Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman and Winston Wright jr. Um, them going against this LSU secondary, which are made up of names that you may or may not recognize, right? Like Deuce Chestnut was an all ACC performer that's had a lot of success against Florida State when he was at Syracuse. You might know him, but you don't know LSU freshman Ashton Stamps. Um, you may have heard of Denver Harris, but he doesn't seem to be in the two deep, right? The former five star out of AM. Uh, it's uh, Zy Alexander. You've never heard of him. He's a transfer from Southeastern. It's like, to me, that's the biggest question mark in this game. Can that LSU secondary keep pace with what I think is a top five collection of weapons, right? I'm going to extend just beyond the three receivers and I'm going to send it to Jaheim Bell. So it is Travis Benson, the running back who PFF has as their top rated NFL running back prospect. Can the secondary manage to keep pace with those weapons? And if they cannot, which I don't think they're going to shut them down, obviously, right? Like you're going to have to score points to win this game. Then the question is, can Jaden Daniels and this LSU offense overcome what looks to be a very good secondary out of Florida State? In fact, thought to be a top 10 secondary in the entire country, getting a top 10 cornerback in the entire country from uh, Virginia. Oh, man, I forgot his name, but... But but that's that's the the fact that he's a transfer, the fact that Deuce Chestnut's a transfer, Zy Alexander's a transfer, the fact that Keon Coleman's a transfer, Wentz Wright Jr.'s a transfer. That's one of the things I wanted to highlight, right? So we talk about these two teams mirroring each other. They both got quarterback, both have high expectations to win their conference, compete for championships, both are really good on the lines, both are really good, really all over the field. Both teams have 20 transfers in the two deep. So when we look, so that's about 44 jobs, right? So out of 44 jobs, both teams have 20 players that transferred in that factor in either starters or the two deep. And that's kind of a fascinating case study for how quickly you can build a contender in this modern age of college football. I mean, Brian Kelly took over a team with 39 scholarship players. Um, 
Mike Norvell took over a Florida State program that was absolutely in the dumps. And what's interesting is you realize he didn't really get it going until the transfer portal rules started being allowed in NIL, until he could get some of those resources that people were willing to invest and until he could bring some athletes who maybe at a time would have gone to Florida State, didn't for whatever reason, until he proved himself a bit last year. And now he too has built very shrewdly through the portal. I mean, like, okay, LSU, biggest question mark entering the offseason, who's going to play middle linebacker? You had nobody. Who do you go get? You get an all Pac-12 performer off a 10-3 and Oregon State team, Omar Spates. Their beast mode middle linebacker, he now plays for the Tigers. Florida State's weaker receiver, who do they get? They get Michigan State's best receiver and Keon Coleman. Like I said, a top 10 corner in the country from Virginia. So all over the field, you're going to see guys that were elsewhere that are now here because why? Because they believe in the vision that the head coach is selling them, a vision of a championship. And maybe... From the LSU perspective, that's what worries me more than anything. I want to zoom in on Jared Verse. I transferred his own right. A guy that came from Albany last year. Didn't know about a ton about him by the uh, at the beginning of the year. Uh, knew a ton about him by the end. As this is a cat who's a top 20 NFL prospect last offseason. He chooses to come back. Why does a top 20 NFL prospect choose to come back? Generally, if you're a first-rounder, you're gone, and it makes financial sense to be gone. Now, you could give me the edge-case scenario that, okay, if you're top 20, maybe you push into top five. That's a pretty significant monetary difference, and I could buy that. I could buy that as a factor in why Jared Verse doesn't come or comes back. I don't buy it as the main factor or the main reason, right? I think Jared Verse comes back because Mike Norvell has him believing I think Jared Verse comes back because he was a part of a Florida State team that he saw start three and three, but finish 10 and three and finish damn strong while doing so. And he's a chance now to go from Albany to now compete for ACC championships, maybe compete for a playoff spot, maybe compete for a national championship. Jared Verse came back because he wants to win. And that's what everybody did at Florida State. So that's why they seem extra dangerous to me. It's not just that they have the talent. It's not just that they have the fifth most returning production in the entire country. It's that all that returning production, a lot of those guys are coming back simply because they think this is their chance to win a championship. Like you look at LSU, they had a guy, uh, Makai Gardner last year, starting corner, played very well, left for the NFL, just wanted to be done with college, right? Well, he just got cut, not on an NFL team. LSU could sorely use him last year. Almost no one did that from Florida State this last offseason. So, both of these teams entering this game believe in their championship worthy. And as we've talked about, one of them will emerge as a loser. And that means one of them will emerge with their playoff dash hope. And one of them will emerge with their kind of illusions shattered. And it's those stakes that make this so incredible. And it's those stakes that make one of this game so unique and that we may never really see this again in terms of so much being on the line. In a 12-team playoff, if you lose week one, that is not a death sentence. Um, this year, though, it is for these teams, or at least for their ultimate national championship goals. Maybe not mathematically, but functionally, it will end up being so. And so enjoy where you're going to witness Sunday night because it's going to be something that you, like I said, it's going to be maybe never seen again in terms of what's on the line for each team. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics, UCLA, Duke, 
Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools, showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Um, I think it's also going to be a far cry from last year. Again, if we go back to the theme of these two teams mirroring each other last year, what's also kind of fascinating about this, we were interested in this game because it was the biggest brands, but it's easy to forget that like we thought these teams were shit, and and they looked like shit. LSU looked awful. Two muff punts, two block field goals, unexciting offense. Florida State looked really good in some areas, right? D-line getting after it. Offense came out of the gates. Firing all cylinders, nine at ten on third down, first half. But then the offense completely silent. Second half, with a chance to close out the game and go up fourteen, they run a toss sweep on the one, and they fucking fumble and give LSU the only long odds that they had to even set up the extra point that would have forced overtime. That later got blocked. Like both teams were thought to be shit, and both teams looked like shit. But what did both teams do? They continued to chip away, continue to figure the stems out, and they got better and better and better as the year went on. And now they enter this year. And it's like, it's like when you go away from, 
I guess this doesn't exist anymore because social media. So you like see what your friends look like during the summer. But you always remember like going away ever like eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, and you come back from summer and you're like, who got hot? Basically, right? Wow, when did he get abs? Jeez, his arms are big now. Uh, oh, thank you. Fitrell Cypress. I just saw this note. Fitrell Cypress is the corner from Virginia. Thank you, PG. We're like, oh man, look, she, you know, has boobs now or whatever. You know how it is. Like it just it happens. Like somebody leaves, they come back, they're hot all of a sudden. Everybody's like, they're talking to town. Well, that's essentially LSU. And FSU, both little skinny boys last year in a bit of a noodle slap fight. We watched it because we knew where their dads were. Well, guess what? This offseason, they hit the weight room. They did the abs. They ate the egg whites, the raw protein. And now they enter this game as two muscled up, oil up bodybuilders ready to trade bows, two true heavyweights ready to go at one another. And I want to be clear. I don't know who wins this game. I really do not. It's um, and it's such a it it, may, it makes me feel insecure because it makes me feel bad at my job. I should have some sort of strong take here. This game feels so even on paper. It feels like a coin flip. Um, maybe slight edge to LSU, but then am I a homer? I don't know. Like maybe so, right? I also have to try to be cognizant of my own bias here. And sometimes when you're cognizant of your bias, then it creates a different bias, and you try to fight against your bias. So I'm a little in my head about this game. I would say if I wanted to craft an argument for LSU, I would say this last year when LSU played, Will Campbell graded out a 46, this game, then it going to happen this year. He was a true freshman starting left tackle in this game last year. He got dominant as the year went on. He's been great during the spring and summer and the fall camp. He's going to be a wholly new player. Um, and that's kind of in keeping with the rest of the LSU offensive line. Um, just vastly. I mean, it, it's pretty much an entirely different line than you saw last year and way better. Um, if I wanted to make the argument for Florida state, it's that, well, like I said, your strengths match up with their weaknesses in terms of receivers against those DBs. If I wanted to flip it back to LSU. I'll say, okay, well, Harold Perkins didn't even play in this game last year. Right. And Harold Perkins would go on to be one of the best players in the country. ESPN just named as the fourth best player. He only played special teams in this game last year. Okay. We want to flip it back to Florida state. Okay. Well, you no longer have Mason Smith and all of a sudden you don't feel great about your edge rushers, LSU. You don't have Mason Smith in the middle. We have a top 10 offensive line in the entire country. You have a weak secondary. Again, we're going to roll you. And uh, our special teams are better because your special teams were a disaster last year. So like, I, I, I could sit here and go tit for tat for arguments <laughs> all day long. Um, and so maybe like as we zoom in, like maybe by Saturday, Sunday, I'll have like a more firm prediction. But right now, I really just wanted to take this time to celebrate what looks to be in a week full of week one shit, just a golden gem of a heavyweight bout that should be more par for the course in week one, hopefully going forward in the future than it is. And that kind of brings me one of the second things I want to talk about today, which is like, will playoff expansion dehype week one? And you may say, well, yes, T-Bob, you just talked about this, right? You said we'll never see a game like this again. That is true. but. I think that week one ends up better in the era of playoff expansion because these coaches are risk averse. And that's how you wind up with week ones like today, because coaches are scared and they don't want to risk their team uh, not being ready for the opening game of the season, going against a good opponent and losing and having all their goals kind of tossed to the side. Right. Um, what are they? No, you know, no bigger improvement from week one to week two. Well, what that led to is, Hey, let's schedule a cupcake and then we'll be ready for week two. I mean, 
Florida State, even against Duquesne last year, did not look like the Florida State that you saw a week later against LSU. So there's, I mean, there's some merit there. But the point is, as TVs continue to take over college football, and I'm not saying that like with any negativity in mind, I just mean that more as a statement of fact, but as TV television ratings continue to kind of shape college football, well, okay, you now got a 12-team playoff. You now got room for two losses, maybe three. Be interested to see how this thing ends up shaking out when we get into the nitty-gritty of it. Um, so, you know, you have to be willing to engage in risk to put the best product on the field. So here's to hoping that in the future, instead of a de-hyped week one, we get an ultra-hyped week one because we have LSU, USC, uh, Ohio State, like Oregon, uh, Georgia, Florida State, whatever you want to say. You know you can play this game all day. Georgia Clipson. Feels like that's been played a while. It's 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 excellent. So a great representation going to be the field Sunday night of what kind of the new age of college football can be, where if you want to fix it, and you're at one of these schools like an LSU or Florida State where you have these inherent powers, you can. Um, something else to discuss real quickly here, uh, Ohio State, UJ, and Alabama. Um, well, Alabama hasn't named their starting quarterback yet, but we know Kyle McCourt for Ohio State. We know Carson Beck for UGA, and um, we'll see for Alabama. It's, it, it was Milrow getting steam. Maybe it's bouncing back to Buckner. I, I don't know. I still think Milrow, but we'll see. But but I can't remember a time in which you had three of the top five teams in the entire country that had starting new starting quarterbacks like this on the eve of the season. So on the eve of the season, I think the question becomes, um, who do you have the most faith in? And this becomes complicated. Off the bat, I'm going to scratch off Alabama. And it's not to say that their quarterback can't be good or won't be good. It's more to say that I think that their team's success will be less impacted by the quarterback position than these other schools. Also, working in a new coordinator, losing a Bryce Young and going to a new guy, and then having three guys that frankly aren't that excited, like at least Kyle McCord and Carson Beck were kind of always penciled in as the starters, and it just had to be made official. It's a true quarterback competition in Alabama. So the reasons are clear. Alabama, we cannot have the most faith in you at this point. You step to the side. So now we're down to UJ and Ohio State. Carson Beck, Kyle McCord. And this is where we'll probably end up picking Aaron's brain on this as well a bit later on, maybe tomorrow's show, because on one hand, I've got Carson Beck, who Aaron has told me is a you know sneaky Heisman candidate, a guy who has bided his time, a guy who should not miss a beat filling in the very large shoes of the uh, minute Stetson Bennett. Um, and and he's combined with a coach in Mike Bobo that Aaron swears up and down is going to be ready to go, but I don't know that I have that same belief. Now I think he'll put up numbers, but what's he going to do in the big moments? I'm not sure. And if we're just talking about putting up numbers, well, shit. I know Kyle McCord's going to put up numbers. It's one of my favorite exercises to do. You go look at Ohio State quarterback numbers and you look at the time uh, – from, from basically from when Ryan Day arrived. And we're looking at, so he showed up. So the year before Ryan Day got there uh, was JT Barrett's junior year. He throws for 24 touchdowns, seven picks, which by the way, doesn't that sound crazy? It sounds like nothing now. And we were all like, what the fuck, JT Barrett? These numbers are crazy. Um, so then Day gets her 17. That immediately goes from 24-7 to 35 touchdowns to nine picks for Barrett's senior year. 
Then we get to Dwayne Haskins, 50 touchdowns, eight picks. Then we get to Justin Fields, 41 touchdowns, three picks. Fields again in just eight games, 22 to six in 2020. Then in 21, you get to CJ Stroud, 44 touchdowns, six picks. CJ Stroud next year, 41 touchdowns, six. So, so I guess you, you understand the point, right? Like, I don't know if Kyle McCord is going to be the guy in the biggest moments. I don't think Ohio State beats Michigan. Hell, I don't even know that I think Ohio State beats Notre Dame in South Bend. But I do know Kyle McCord is going to throw for 40-something touchdowns. And look, I expect Carson Beck to have magnificent statistical success as well because uh, they have excellent weapons and the reasons Aaron said, and they have a shit schedule, right? So he's going to stack numbers. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just don't see, when you look at the consistency of the Ohio State production, and you look at the fact that the coaching staff remains the same compared to Alabama, compared to Georgia, I don't see how you arrive at any other answer than Kyle McCord. Like out of those three quarterback situations, you have to feel best <coughs> about the one in Columbus. So that's my answer. Ohio State's breaking in. Ohio State, UJ, Alabama, all breaking in new guys. I'm rolling with the Buckeyes. Um, one note that I saw here today that I don't know if this is especially interesting, but like it's one of those things where. At first, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. And then I thought about it for a second. I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't actually, eh, I don't know. And that's college football at the movies. Apparently, this happened last year, but I missed it. But now it's expanding greatly. ESPN and the Theater Sports Network have announced a new partnership where some like 70 something college football games are going to be shown in theaters, uh, including all New Year's six games, uh, college football playoff semifinals, and the national championship. In fact, I believe this Sunday's LSU FSU game. Will as well. So where I think this gets interesting is, you know me, if you listen to the show, I fucking love the movie theaters. Um, TV's cool. You can have the nicest TV in the world. It will not hold a candle to a nice theater experience. I love walking in and my senses immediately, you know, like those old Looney Tunes cartoons where there's like a good smell wafting through the air and it hooks the the character by the nose and they float over that. That's me with fucking buttered popcorn, buttered popcorn and a medium Coke icy in a nice cool theater. As I escape to some fantasy world or sci-fi or some emotionally heartbreaking, like that is my happiest of happy places on planet earth. That said, so, okay. So when I first heard this, I'm like, Oh yeah, fuck yeah, dude, college football. Pop I'm in, but then I actually thought about it. I'm like, well, am I in? It would be cool to see on the big screen, but like so much of the CFP experience is social. And well, I don't think that it would follow typical theater rules. Like I'm sure that people will be talking and hanging out. It's not like a bar. Like, I don't know that you're ever going to beat a bar. So, so I, I will try it out to try to get a boots on the ground sort of uh research here, but I don't know as, as much as I kind of liked it off the jump. I don't know that I end up really thinking that college football, the movie theaters makes a ton of sense, but, but if you've done it, you know, let me know. You get the YouTube comments. Oh, in fact, I forgot to read our comment of the day. Shout out Jimmy Cranford. And by the way, guys, the comments are so nice. Like, uh, you know, a lot of them like, man, I love the show, the humor sports. So thank you for that. Uh, we don't thank you enough. And I should get more involved in responding to all YouTube comments. So thank you. Because also when you comment, you drive the algorithm and please the gods that, you know, kind of rule this show. Uh, YouTube.com slash at volume snaps. Jimmy Cranford 2715 says, when two idioms, sayings, or colloquialisms are mashed together unintentionally, 
The result is what's called a malafor. Quote, bone to grind is my new favorite malafor. Oh my God, Jimmy. I can't even tell you how much I love this. First off, yes, I too was laughing when I combined bone to pick and axe to grind. And it's just kind of funny because it made the same thing, right? So it works. I've also, you know, I'm a father of three small children. So I've listened to a lot of Jack and the Beanstalk. I may have been thinking about grinding bones for bread, but, um, but what I really love about this, Jimmy, is I fucking love vocabulary. Love it. Does it make me sound pretentious? Yes, but I don't give a fuck. Okay. Ever since I was getting ready for the SAT in high school, and I'm doing these vocab tests every week. There's just something about a word that, 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 that has some deeper meaning that just, Ooh, it just fucking gets me going. And why I'm going on this preamble, Jimmy is because I had never heard of the word malafor. Like you hear colloquialism. How could you not love it? It's mellifluous. Mellifluous is mellifluous. It flows on the tongue. I had never heard the word malafor. So I thank you, Jimmy Cranford. You taught me something new today. And I too now will be on the lookout for malafors. And guess what? I too now will add bone to grind in my malaforic lexicon. So thank you, Jimmy. Very great comment. Um, anything else to get to today? Uh, oh, last thing here. Brett Yormark took the shot at Texas at the Texas Tech banquet. If you haven't heard it, he basically said, oh, look, coach, I'm going to be at Austin at whatever date and I expect you to take care of business like you did last year and all the Red Raiders fans are going crazy because they're at a Texas Tech function. Um, some people are getting like, and look, then Sark comes out and he's like, no, oh, we just said a meme about sportsmanship, but I guess he does. But he's like, embrace it. But, okay. Wh- shut the fuck up. Did everybody. you see the Dana Holgerson comment? Whoa, Jesus, bro. I literally <laughs> just fucked. What the? Whoa, dude. I have. Um, Couldn't help myself. I have goosebumps. Like, that actually scared me. Okay. Kool Aid man just popping it out of the wall. No. What did Dana Holgerson say? Let me pull this up. It's incredible. Basically, he said, we don't want them. They don't want to be here. We don't want them here either. It's this like weird Texas Big 12 war that seems to be. No, no, but see, okay, but that's my fucking point. It's not weird. Thank you, Holgerson. Like, let's all just call. That's what I, that's why when, when, because. Like, you appreciate my Gundy's decision on this. Like, fuck you, everyone who's leaving. Yes. Because why wouldn't any of us have it? They fucking tried to stab you in the back. They almost killed you. They almost killed the Big 12 as a conference. How many teams out there would be floating around like Oregon State and Stanford and Cal are right now? Just fucked because of they what Texas and Oklahoma is doing. That's what I'm saying. And, and whether you want to say it's luck or your mark skill, whatever. The point is, Texas and Oklahoma are the ones who started the events that had the Big 12 bleeding out on the ground and seemingly dead. Now, credit your market company for finding a way to make it through. But like, why do we have to act like it didn't happen? What? No, they tried to fuck you. You want me to be nice to the person that tried to fuck me? They tried to fuck me professionally. And I'm supposed to be nice to them professionally? Why? Like, just call a spade a spade. If 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 you are one of the, and, and there's some really respected writers and thinkers out there that I think are like, well, your mark as a conference commissioner should be above it. Fuck that. No, he should not. Uh, or, or even if, you know what, even if you want to say for his professionalism, he should, I'm just saying as an adult male, he should not. Okay. Um, or not male, just an adult. You should not like, I, I don't, I don't need to show respect necessarily to those who disrespect me. Uh, so I think Brett Yormark was well within his rights. And yes, it is like a situation where like, a couple breaks up and they still got a lease and they got to continue to live together and it's awkward as hell and everybody wants it in, but you just can't end it. 
oh wow okay this is awesome so pat in our um little chat here on Streamyard. uh not sure if it matters but cam rising out tomorrow first florida fucking great it's about a great way to just immediately uh timestamp a podcast you just recorded and ruin it in which i spent a couple of minutes talking about how i expect cam rising to play in utah to win well these are the breaks but uh, um no, no 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 and he says i can cut that out i don't care if you cut it out dude it's it's up to you it really doesn't matter to me uh but hey look thank you to everyone for joining us today's episode i know it's a bit meandering a bit all over the place we had we had to kind of cobble together a last second show here as i was expecting i had a whole interview ready to go with b walker but we'll get that done we'll get him in aaron we'll be back tomorrow like i said we're going to record on friday to recap all the thursday night games we got a saturday night show i'm not going to be in the sunday night show but aaron and a couple of really special guests are so i definitely recommend checking that out after lsu fsu the bottom line is when it comes to week one of college football you want to be here with us on snaps it's going to be so much fun uh thank you to amp google snaps podcast rate it review it subscribe on apple spotify wherever please 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 thank you uh the road to 3k on youtube continues so continue to send it to your friends and tell them to sub to the channel youtube.com slash at volume snaps and i'll be doing a better job going through your comments huge thank you to ryan brumley pat gunther uh, uh danny carnez adam gracia chris tran huge thank you to papa colin and the volume biggest of all thank you to you the listeners and thank you to tacovas check these things out dude I, we don't have an official ad read for them today but they sent me some boots and these things bruh have changed my life i'm just walking they're handmade it's the best smelling leather i've ever had i'm just walking around all fat and cocky i'm a boot guy now makes you taller makes you feel more confident so shout out to Kovas, man hooking the boys up and um well look i hope you all have an excellent day and we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of snaps open a limited time 11 month certificate at kemba financial credit union at 5.25 percent apy it's more than triple the national average plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money visit your local branch or kemba.org cd for details offer expires may 31st 2024 apy equals annual percentage yield restrictions apply 500 minimum and two hundred fifty thousand dollars maximum deposit advantage status required comparison based on bank rate average federally insured by ncua Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.